Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it, you've got! Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? igreja mesmo ganhando quase nada. E tá enganando essas pessoas com mentiras e falsas cores. Tudo encenado. O ministro percebe o perigo que esse homem representa? A gente não pode permitir que esse homem continue agindo impunemente. Eu soube que o Silvio Santos, os machados de cavalo, estão pensando em vender a Record. Ministro, o que é que o senhor tem a declarar sobre a compra da TV Record pelo bispo de Irmacedes? Se eu fosse o senhor, eu cancelaria esse contrato. No meio de toda essa confusão com as investigações contra a sua igreja, reunir tanta gente pode parecer provocação. Você está mexendo com gente muito poderosa, Edinho. Eu estou com medo. Por favor, tenta descobrir alguma coisa. Agora é hora de atacar. Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, once again brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I'm Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And there's blood on my notes for some reason. <laughs> so I, I still don't know why. There's there's a, it looks like there's a blood stain on my notes blood and I don't know where it came from. Blood on the notes. Uh, uh, hopefully not too indicative of the recording today. Uh, so <laughs> we, uh, we, we watched a movie called Nada A Perder. Which is this our first like foreign language like subtitled film we've watched on the podcast? I think it might be. I feel like we've seen one. We've Maybe seen not. something. We've seen a foreign film before, but I can't remember if it was dubbed or not. It may have been dubbed. It's been it's been a year. If it is, I yeah. don't. It, it's our first Portuguese film. For yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Well, so we'll go with that. So this came out last year, 2018, based on the life story of Edir Masida. Is that mm-hmm. I, hope, I, hope, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, basically, the the Joel Austin of Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much right. Because you know he's a he's a guy who is a pretty big uh, figure in the Christianity community down there. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he started his own church. He has a huge following, and he has a three volume autobiography which has been made into uh, two films. And this is the first part of those. Yeah. We should also add that he, uh, th- this movie is funded by his organization. Just for background, just so you can keep that in mind, because right, this is ha- he, unapologetically he paid for his own autobiography movie. Yeah. That's correct. It's it's unapologetically a propaganda film, uh, without question. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this this movie was weird, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- it throws you some really strange curveballs. Like we had a brief conversation about it over our messenger before mm-hmm. we got started and you know the the thoughts going back and forth were just I don't think any, any of us knew what was fucking happening. No. It's kind of an unexpected film really. No, yeah, exactly. I mean it felt like we yeah. talked about that it's like United Passions mm-hmm. in that vein. You know, much like United Passions was paid for by FIFA to whitewash their backstory so they didn't look like such a criminal organization that they were. Right. Um, this serves to do the same this thing. This serves to do the same thing. Uh, he paid for this movie version of his autobiography to make him look like the decent Christian man that he says he is. Right, yeah. And that it's all... A, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. I mean, and 
I mean, it's out. It's actual history for everyone to know. So it's not like we're spoiling anything. Right. Right. <laughs> but he was arrested and held in for an extended amount of time in jail for no apparent reason. Uh, and what they attempt to do in this in this movie is explain that it was the the Catholic Church who secretly runs the government forced them to yeah, put him very, in jail right. because he was getting too much of a following. That seems to be it. That's the whole point of this movie. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. two hour film. It's over two hours. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's so two long. and a quarter hours long. It feels like I watched a three volume book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. Uh so uh, I mean I, I guess those being our opening thoughts, zip oddly enough, uh, the only description on IMDb says exactly what we just said. Uh, self-financed fictional biopic, which is interesting. They call it a fictional yeah. biopic, which is a contradiction in terms. Of Brazilian Bishop Edir Macedo, founder of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God and owner of Record TV Network. Yes. That's all it says. I mean, that's, again, short, sweet, and to the point, which yeah. this movie could have been as such. Mm. Oh, if only. So let's just go ahead and just jump right in, because we got something to chew through, I guess. Yep. So, uh, first off, o- opening on this movie, can we get more, I mean, I hate to sound like cinema sins, but can we get f- any more fucking opening logos? Dude, there were so many producers on this thing. Yeah. It was like 12 production companies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't do a, f- a running count, because I gave up after a while. Right. But yeah, it was, seriously was. It, it was, ju- it it was, was just screen after screen of logo. Logo, logo. It's like here's a hundred dollars. Okay, and you're in the movie. Yeah. yeah, and and it was in Portuguese above it. Kept saying, you know, like in association with. Also brought to you by, you know, somewhat financed by. This guy pitched in a couple of bucks. I, I mean, it was, I, it was a different phrase every time. It wasn't in association with, and then you see a couple of production logo titles. No, it was like twelve different production companies that were all involved in the making of this film. So we have a we have a we start out in uh, Sao Paulo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. 1992. By the way, my initial thought was like, oh my god, is this gonna be like the United Passions with a year every single like two and a half minutes? But right. thankfully, no. Cops no, it was are over four minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cops <laughs> are are surrounding and arresting uh, this rando who we meet as our main character soon. They pull him out of the car. It's Macedo. Uh, they throw him in a cell and they call him Bishop. You're thinking, okay, this must be a pretty hardcore guy. I wonder what his story is. And the movie says, well, let us tell you. We, we get like a match cut back in, into a flashback to 1953. And this this is like my first indicator for what was in store because we, we get him as a kid and he's like sitting opposite some train tracks from some kids playing soccer, football, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the train's passing by. And he's watching it, and it plays this like really weird, like soaring, over dramatic music. It's just a kid looking at a train passing by, but it's like, oh my god, this amazing thing is happening right now. Be in awe. It was almost kind of like Gilia a couple moments. Well, but it was also there's an overhead shot of the train tracks, yes. and it was so obvious he's from the wrong, the wrong side, side of, of the, the tracks. Track. Yes. Of course. So yeah, so it was very. It was like yeah, all of a sudden we're like oh. Okay, so we're in an epic movie now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. The the music was really trying. I mean, oh my god, the music in this movie was trying so hard to make oh. it more important than the events happening during it's said music. So overwrought. I mean, yeah. I, I I mean, I like it. It's 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 very good music. It's nice music. Not in this movie though. But yeah, for the sake of this movie, it's just way too much. It's way too much. Yeah. He he crosses the train tracks and asks to play with the kids. They ridicule him for his normal hands. Okay, I mean, like, so I know, I here's know the that, thing. Yeah. He, this guy apparently had some sort of defect in his hands, yes. which is referred to throughout, and not once do we see anything truly wrong with this young actor's hands or the actor playing Idir. Which is strange, because when they first identify it as a kid, it cuts to like a shot of his hand holding the, the, the soccer ball. And they look fine. He's yeah. he's holding it kind of crookedly, but that I don't think that's trying to indicate it. Yeah. So they whatever they were trying to convey about this alleged defect did not play at all. Exactly. So I didn't buy it ever. Exactly. And I, I guess to further rub his nose into it, I guess they they tell him like if he can climb to the top of a tree across the tracks, he can play with them. That that's how he proves himself. So he tries to climb the tree. He gets almost to the top before pulling it up, enhancing and falling out, and then he gets into a fight. They kick his ass. Yep. 
because he, he tries standing up for himself. Yep. And then he goes home. He's bloodied. He's he's sad, and his his mom, you know, comforts him a little bit. You'll do better things than climb trees. You'll climb mountains. We flash forward then to 1962, where he's a now a uh, an adolescent, and uh, his his sister Elsie, she's just she's just being a bitch and coughing as a result of some just annoying she asthma. Does asthma. I know, how selfish. <laughs> Because uh, they tell her, like, like that's how they do. treat it. They yeah, that's exactly. how they treat it. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's they, being like it's an, an encumbrance. Ass. Yeah. As an asthmatic myself, I'm like, fuck you. Right. And then he gets into, like, an argument with his dad during all this about faith. Adir's like, you know, why are you worshiping a dead God and all that? And his dad's like, son, this is the way things are. This is how we believe in our faith. Again, not to sidebar too much, but, like, that's one of my issues with this movie. Like, they, they never really showcase, like, what he's actually preaching versus like what's being preached. I mean, you see some of the methodology behind the church that he's opposing, like being put into practice, like turning away certain groups of people and whatnot, but you never actually see them exemplify like what he has a problem with. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very, it's very generalized. Yes. We get to this scene where he and his dad are seeing this, like some guy to get medicine for his sister's asthma to treat it. And he's doing some strange ritualistic thing where he's making strange sounds and like waving and dancing around. Then he just hands him like a bottle of pills or something. He's just like, here, here you go. And you do know everything what? exactly as I just did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was this supposed to be comedic because it cuts back to their house where they're trying to do it, but they clearly weren't paying attention before. And so his mom is like, you know what? You guys are idiots. Well, she didn't even give him a chance. It's like, it's like, well, then why did you let them? Why were you cool with them going in the first place? <laughs> I don't know what like, you think was going to happen. No, she didn't have a choice. They were the yeah, men. Right. We cut to, again, like this, this scene that doesn't have much uh, tangibility. Adir and his friends, they go to like a nightclub, and it's here that he meets some cute girl at the club, and they dance, and they make out on the dance floor. And they're setting her up like she's an important character, but she's not. She's not. No. Nothing really comes. I mean, we'll get to that later, but it's just like United Passions, just scene after scene. Here's the thing that happened. Yeah. Here's the thing that happened. It's not relevant to the story at hand. Or even the character. It's just something that happened. Yeah. You know? It's like they had like a checkbox. Like it's like the, they had an outline, and that was the script for this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, here's the part where he needs to do this. Yeah. Uh, but again, like, why does he need to meet so-and-so well, girl at a nightclub and have an extended session with the, us. The thing is, I think, and this is where one of the better lines happens, I think, mm. is, you know, he wants to dedicate himself to God, right? Mm-hmm. And so the things that they're doing go against his newfound beliefs all of a sudden, right? Because he's questioning God with his father, and then all of a sudden God is great or whatever, because Elsie... Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of gets healed. Yeah, well, right? yeah, they have a conversation at the dinner table about right. it. Right, so, they, so she, she has um, gone to this place where she has found salvation. She doesn't have to take her medication anymore. And so he breaks up with this girl because he, she can't go on the path with him where he wants to go. Sure. So, and that's the thing. And so I think it's, I mean, it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I'm not <laughs> defending, but I think it's just... Him being dedicated to whatever it is that he's following, and he can't be encumbered by somebody who can't go on the path with him. And, and I understand the, the purpose of that. My, my problem with it is it's just how much attention and time they spend on right. her. They do, it is Bec- too long. Because like, you, know, you have that scene where they're at the dinner table with Elsie and, and Adir, and she shows like how like listening to the radio, uh, this gospel, makes her asthma uh, uh, feel better. Yeah, go away. And then it has these... These, this montage of them going to church together, but then it has like a really weird shot in the middle of it where he's making out with this girl that he met at the club on the couch. At first, I was like, "Whoa, is that the sister?" Whoa, <laughs> but no. They, you know, his friends are like inviting him out for drinks and shit like that at two p.m. in the afternoon, but he declines because he. This is basically his newfound thing, which, which again, makes it make sense when he breaks it off with her. But they're they're writing and portraying her like she's a major part of the story when and she's not. Yeah, she, for all we know, she could have been fictionalized for this account. Mm-hmm. So again, that could have been something they could have easily just written off as a girl he meets in a club and then shies away from. And there's another t- time at church where I guess his future wife, but then as a younger actress, is checking him out because like they call her Esther. So I assume Esther is the same Esther that he meets later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's it's just kind of a weird thing to do that. It's like why not just meet her later on? Yeah. We have this moment where he's in the church and he goes towards the altar 
and he has this very like t- sorry dumb and dramatic loud prayer where he, he walks towards the front and starts talking to God like you know I I'm ready to give all myself over to you I and I'm not knocking the idea of prayer here I'm not but like he's basically saying it loud and clear for all, everyone to hear like he's everyone's come up towards the front to 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 worship. And he like has his arms out like in a Creed video. He's testifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and like just all but shouting. It's so melodramatic. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the music and like the shot, like it's just <laughs> it's dumb. And I guess this is just him turning over a new leaf because you know, you have a now a shot of him as I guess the the adult actor, but I guess he's like a forty year old playing a twenty year old. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Or those again. Uh, I, I guess he looks like the guy kind of, but. Yeah. No, no, not really. He you really think doesn't. so? I was just uh-uh. looking at pictures of him. No, uh-uh. he doesn't. He doesn't. The, uh, this is what the, I guess the guy wishes he looked like. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you see him like give his coat to like just some perky breasted homeless man that's on the street outside of one of the churches. Uh, he actually tries taking the homeless person into the church with him, and he's booted out. So that's one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I guess I can kind of see his problems with the church that he's attending. But again, the actual practice and the actual methodology, the actual belief structure isn't really explored too much right and they talk about him as if he's this cantankerous like um blowhard unruly person Mm. and this happens throughout the movie where he is Mm -hmm. discredited at every turn but there is nothing in his behavior that shows us except when he's being a dick to esther right right uh, during their courtship yes where Oh my God! I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, that was weird. We'll get to that scene. So, but but there's nothing about him that says why can't these people take him seriously? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, there's no. There's nothing radical about like what he's b- been putting out there Isn't yet. Isn't it Christian to allow a homeless person into your church? And and I understand if he was trying to show the elitism of that particular church or sure. Catholicism, whatever. But it's like, oh, that doesn't sound well, very. That's Christian not necessarily to representative me. of it, like an entire blo- body. Right. So and speaking of Esther, yeah. So he goes to church now as an adult, and he meets Esther, this cute woman that's like at his church with him. And you know they meet. They it's meet cute, and they they hit it off because he's now a math tutor. And she's great. Yeah. This actress, I liked her, I liked her yeah. so much. She's good. The women in this in this movie, spot on, man. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she hires him to basically teach her math, but he's like, I'm going to teach you more than that. <laughs> and, and so uh, they they start like basically going out so and all the while while he's courting her by the way he's always giving you this like weird creepy stare beady hard set eyes on her whenever they're actually making contact <laughs> so it's 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 kind of awkward oh, sidebar did you notice that her textbook looked like the necronomicon yes <laughs> totally <laughs> with, totally but they're like walking together it's like is that the book of the dead yes <laughs> did she say the words correctly before taking that well Basically, yeah. Basically. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great twist? Of course, then again, totally. there's some shit that happens later in this movie that could actually make sense of that. Indeed. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, my God. So they're in the theater, by the way. That's where they, I guess they culminate their relationship because yeah, they're watching some movie and they, they kiss. When they it says watch Love Story. Love Story. Which Loves, oh. Yeah, oh, God. Because I heard the music and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, I know that music. That's love story. Yep, they're actually watching love and story. And then they actually turn to kiss while the camera's behind them and showing the title credits of love story. Right. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. can we hit the nail a little harder? But please? see, that's the thing. It was the opening credits, but she's like, she has tears in her eyes, and he like wipes them away. That's what kind of sparks like the kiss. Yeah, so I'm like, like, the movie hasn't even. <laughs> it just started. <laughs> it just started. How is she already crying? It's like, did they show like the preview for Bambi before it started? Like, <laughs> what's the story? Seriously, they watched Sophie's Choice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was dark. I apologize. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, and, and and there's like the scene later on like where like they're in the church together and like her mother comes out and she's like what are you doing with my son and his mother yeah his, yes his mother excuse me yep. and and, her, and her, his sisters are there sisters. they give it's like what happened to to fucking oh my god like seriously like all of a sudden they're all batshit crazy and yeah. protective of him it's like what is this the fighter like right? what's the story yeah uh. yeah and then, like, they shame her, and, like, he goes to comfort her, and he's like, hey, like, now that my sisters and mother have shown that they don't want you in the family, let's get married. <laughs> it just seemed awkward and unprompted. This is kind of goes to what you were talking about, too, Adina, with that scene where he gets where he suddenly becomes a dick. Yeah. Because, like, the next scene is, like, when he calls her at her house, it's, like, 8 o'clock, and, and, and she's oh like, I'm in bed, I'm just getting up, and he's like, 
what are you doing at eight, what are you not doing at eight o'clock in the morning? You think he's just joking, but like no, he actually gives her a hard time. He chides her for sleeping in till yeah. eight o'clock She's in the morning. She's a fucking student. Fuck you. Yeah. It's like, it's like apparently and then, five and o'clock. When they meet at the house, mm. he's oh god, upset yeah. that he, I'm like, oh my god, I and she, I'm like, you're why an do you hour stay? late. Yeah. Why do you stay? Why do you stay? Why did you stay? Mm. So and it, she stays. It doesn't seem like they're making him look like a dick. The scene culminates with him like not learning anything from that. He never gets put in his place. Right. They make the argument that because he's so committed, and she needed to be the soldier that he was. Mm. Fuck you. This is yeah. It's just, you just get this weird speech just justifying his dickish behavior. It's like okay. come, come on, guys. Like this this dude doesn't have any flaws in this movie. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna right. tell a compelling story, like he's a character that is like one note the entire time. He doesn't go through a change. Oh, he doesn't go through like all. any arc whatsoever. It's just like I'm yeah. gonna believe harder. That's just all right, he goes that's through. It. Yeah. So and he this, doubles down yeah. every time. Yeah, and we get the scene with their pastor, like disapproving of their union because the math tutor is apparently uneducated and has silly hands. Like right. that's that's what he justifies. So like you have mm. like people already starting to oppose him even before he's actually gotten as deep as he does into the Christian faith. I guess that's what it's trying to set up. Yeah. Right. We get this weird tonal whiplash because then we cut to the wedding. Right after that scene where he's like, I don't approve of this marriage. Wedding, everyone's happy. He's even there. There are people that have been, like even her, his mother is smiling. She's beaming. And then immediately from wedding, hospital. Mm-hmm. And she's giving birth. It's like you get nothing in between that. It's, right. it's like, what, right. it's what yeah. I'm talking about with the bad pacing with this. It just mm-hmm. jumps yeah. and jumps and then it just takes its time. Yeah, the mm-hmm. pacing on this is, is screwed up. Mm. Because the next, they're living in a shoddy apartment, and they, they show this because the drains overflow. There's like a scene where she's cockroach. in the kitchen. And yeah, the cockroach pops out, and he's like, ah! <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. He's like, kill it. Yeah, yeah he he wa- he has her come in to kill it. Yeah. It was so weird. Mm. Yeah. So then he's like, well, I'm going to do better. Yeah, we're going to move in with your folks. That's what they end up mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, they do. This is like what I mean. It's like a checklist sequence of events. Like, okay, here's the part where they live in a shitty apartment. Like, here's the part where she gives birth to their first kid. Here's the part where they moved in with their parents. Again, these parts aren't really all that crucial. Like, you never get to know any of his kids in the movie. Nope. And so you have this part where they're living with the in-law. It's like a montage. You know, they go, he goes to school. They take care of the baby. Blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts immediately to them buying a house. Yep. <laughs> Again, like, the whole part of that wasn't important. It doesn't show, like, hey, they went through a struggle, but... That can be implied. You don't need mm-hmm. to necessarily show everything to tell a story. Uh, Esther is at the new house, and she's talking about her dreams at the house and all that she aspires for, to which Adir just says, it's not my dream. Right. So uh, then he takes her to the beach to continue that conversation. Right. <laughs> like, it's just it's weird, weird cuts. Mm-hmm. And this is a very interesting conversation he has because he doesn't want to have things or be comfortable or be he feel he professes to be like jesus that he wants to give yes. away everything there must be more to yes. this provincial life right thank you bell okay so but then this this is the weirdest thing because of what happens later which they don't really address no okay but you know she he just basically shits all over her dreams of mm-hmm. a stable life taking care of her and their children yeah, he, he justifies all of his means and his goals first because he believes he's following uh, God's purpose, which, you know, again, there's a lot of, a lot of arguments that can be made for that, both secular and non-secular, but uh, it's, it just, it, it's presented awkwardly in a movie that's trying to put him in a positive light. And Adir is saying, like, he's, he's trying to campaign to be a, a preacher at, at the church where he's at, and the bishop is, like, denying it. Because, and what, what were the reasons again? They, I don't have no idea. Yeah. There is nothing that says this this guy cannot preach. No. That we've not seen anything except for this non-existent hand defect. Which right. Uh, yeah. And and this that they're that he they keep telling him he's not ready. Hmm. What do you what? Yeah, he needs to grow better hands first. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, which I guess they're trying to imply that the church has their own egocentric mindset towards like who can preach and who doesn't, but it, that they don't go further into that either. Right. So, so we, then he starts to preach well, in a square. We, we got to talk to the car about the car scene first, because this was like this was like where like you start to see like cr- the crazy side of this dude. Oh God! Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. As soon as they yeah. as soon as they reject him, it cuts them in the car. Oh my God! Right. He, he's speeding. Oh my God! And he's like he's pissed, and she's like, "Honey, honey, stop, stop, stop!" And like you see like a bus pulled over, and then he just swerves to tr- in between like the tree, which is on the sidewalk, and the bus, and and they they pull through like his his car gets like sh- scraped like, scrape, up. Yeah. And they pull through, and it's like, ah, we're fine. 
you know, we only have a couple hundred dollars in like cosmetic damage at least to pay for now, but we're fine. It's like you're right. a fucking lunatic. Yeah, exactly. The bumper popped off of his car. Like right. And and she's like, yeah, but that's the, yeah, and, but that's the argument. She's like, I I told you not to do it, and he said, but we made it. We're fine. And she's like, you don't care about the safety of your family. He's like, I told you we were gonna make it. And she's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, and he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, honey. But it, I told you that God would make us okay. <laughs> and they both laugh. Yes. End of scene. Again, like total whiplash. Like, what? And, and then again, another scene. The music is making this look like, like a high speed like. Oh my chase. gosh, it's like a thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many times in this movie that the music is like, oh. It's like Fast and Furious or James mm. Bond. It's very Fast and Furious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, James Bond. And then it just ends, and it's like, I'm okay. I'm also pregnant. It's like, all right, cool. And so this other guy we meet, I guess his brother-in-law. Yeah. Because he invites him to, to partner up and come to their church. And there's like 15 people in the audience in this like middle school auditorium, I guess, or wherever. And and he they let him preach his first sermon, and he you know gets everyone to move to the, which this made me laugh he's like you know everyone's kind of spread out throughout the audience he's like all right people come to the front without hesitation everyone moves yeah. it's not like yeah. no like we <laughs> sat back here for a reason like, they, they all got and I, and I thought it just meant well everybody come on down and, and they'll scoot closer to the front no, no they all get up and they all walk down and stand directly in front on, of on the first gesture to do something. Yeah, he's like, just well, immediately. And I, I the you guy know, with the silly hand said to do I'm it. Like, so oh, you want listen. me to sit in the front row? No, they all just stand right in front of him. Yeah. And apparently, I guess that's uh, that's still not good enough for them because then we have the outdoor lunch scene, which was like crazy. Was <laughs> a, oh, God. They're, everything's going fine. Everything's cordial. Everything's good. Everything's positive. And then he says, Hey, my wife, Deer says this, my wife and I, we've talked about it. We've decided to leave our jobs full time and commit ourselves 100% to God. To which the heads of the church are like, we think it's a bad idea. You're bad at preaching because you only get 15 people in here. It's like, motherfucker, these are the same people that you're preaching to before. Yeah, exactly. Then they start using this moment to start chastising him. Yeah, I mean, it's the weirdest, most awkward picnic, barbecue, something. They Yeah. yeah and they ridicule just, him and people yeah, laugh. Right. And it's like there is, I just don't understand. We have not seen any behavior from him that uh, can account for why they treat him the way they do. Sure, oh yeah, no, they're outright bullying him. Because again, like, they're joking and people are laughing, yeah. but they're making fun of him, blat- like, unapologetically. Right. And then, he gets up, he cries, and he goes weeps. to his knees, and he weeps, and then he starts to laugh. All the while, everyone in the background is just kind of ignoring right. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the creepiest thing, but it's supposed to s- show us that he's, uh, that God has spoken to him. And again, we don't. And he says like, "God has spoken to me. Thank you for telling me this." But like again, we don't really get an idea of like what he's actually being told. But he claims that God comforted him. I guess that's the, that's the most we ever get out of that explanation. Right. Uh, we we then cut to Esther giving birth to the to the next kid. There's apparently problems with the baby. I guess the baby got themselves a bad case of the Joaquin Phoenix, uh, because you know, there's a, there's a, a cleft palate in the kid, and, and they treat it like it is a death sentence. Exactly, they won't yeah. show her the baby. All the nurses and doctors are keeping her from her baby, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And then even he won't look at her. Yeah, and it's a, at first we feel like he is won't even accept his child, but it's because. He doesn't want his child to suffer the way he did. Sure, which I, I, get, which I like, get. He seems to have kind of gotten past that whole thing at this point now. Like he, right. that, they don't really bring up the hand thing anymore. Right. Instead, he's like a baby, a monster, and and, and like he even tells that to his wife. It's like it's it's a horrible deformity. You don't want to see our kid. Don't even look at it. It's fine. And God, again, God it says that's okay. Never comes up again. Right. Yeah. Again, like it, it's just. And you never see this kid's face. No. We see her growing up a little bit, and you always see the back of her. Yeah. And and I and I bring up these like details because like they treat this like it's like this huge event in this guy's life, but again they but never it never has any connective tissue to everything that follows. It's right. just to say like, hey, I guess these are all to bolster why he's had a difficult life. But again, there's no real consequence or any follow through with anything that's actually been said. No, because they even say it's like we need to do. It's going to take at least ten surgeries. Yeah, ten throughout her life. And we need to do the first one now while she's a newborn. Yeah. Okay. And then it's never, never, mentioned, again. never mentioned again. 
And instead, he goes back to the room, tells her, and like he does like this almost like Tommy Wiseau esque like yeah. prayer, like where he like is like yeah, and slams in the bed, and he starts like talking for about five minutes while his wife's just sitting there like, hey, I'd like a little bit more from me. I'd like to see my baby, right? right. But you know, it's fine. Finish the prayer. Um, so he does quit his job f- to to pursue faith full time. He starts, pr- and as you were saying, Adina, about the outdoor preaching scene, he starts praying in a square where he meets a pretty cool dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who looks like David Harbour. <laughs> yeah, he did run me he's, Harbour. He's the Portuguese David Harbour. His name is Albino. Wasn't he even wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt, too? Yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I also noticed, speaking of wardrobe, uh, in this scene, like, and actually throughout a lot of the film, Adir, this actor, like, he consistently wears, like, a tie that's wider than my fucking leg. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It's, laughs> pretty wide. It's like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, so... In the, what's the guy's name again? It's like Albino. Albino. Said, yeah. Yep. So we, he tells him about his his troubles with his wife. Uh, who wants to tackle this scene? I do. Do it, please. This is the best scene. Because she's my hobo in a barn. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Albino has Adir come over to their house. It turns out Albino's wife is possessed. Like actually possessed. Actually possessed. And so Adir miraculously performs an exorcism which we had no inkling of prior okay but the physicality on this actress when he's performing this exorcism is actually astonishing i was gonna say like so follow through with that like how do you know that she is actually possessed well because it was almost what is the the is it the grudge or the ring that kind of movement yeah I mean, that's the only way we know she's. Possessed. Well, did you also hear her voice? Oh yeah. Her her voice is filtered, so it's right. like it's distorted to sound like yeah. a demon, like the double speak that you do in like a lot of movies, like the deep voice. Yeah. So he performs an exorcism. What? I wrote down. Did he always know he could do that? Okay. So she's my hobo in a barn because he performs exorcism and everything's fine. Except yeah, it, it's so fine that it never comes up again. Ding ding. Like, he proves <laughs> that there are, like, there, you see an actual supernatural event in this movie. Like, I would give this movie somewhat of a point, like, if it, like, at least kept, like, the, the faith-based nature of it, like, being, like, the concept of faith. Like, where it's not hard facts, it is interpretive theology, right. essentially. And, and yet, this is hard proof that there are demons in this world, and we're not going to follow up on that, like, again. Nope. Yeah, so this is, like, my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah. But actually, no, it's not. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. To thank him for exercising the demon out of his wife, Albino hooks Adir up with like his own space. It's in a yeah. shitty building, and like Adir is, is even like, "This is the best shitty building I ever did see." And so they decided to start renting out the place and, and cleaning it up. Uh, he even gets his mom to co-sign, so he's got some money coming in. And then we get like a sermon montage, but we never actually learn like how he fills up the place. Yeah. Right, and it yes. happens so fast. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like it's not even like 15 people it's like immediately sold out house right mm-hmm. so and it gets nicer and nicer yes which i mean that makes sense because you, you figure like he's getting offerings from like his flock but it never follows up on like how he got a sold out house from like the 15 people that he had before right mm-hmm. and then how does he get on the radio yeah. oh god yeah right yeah then he gets on yeah. tv yeah because we cut and he gets a record he gets mm-hmm. everything handed to him, basically. Uh, that's what it seems like. Because right. it, 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 the the whole point of this movie, it, to me, should have been understanding how he got to where he is in a completely different way than they felt, or that he felt it needed to be explained. Yeah. Right. Because it, it, what? Because like I said before, it's it's it's. What we're led to understand by the end of the film is is understanding how. These charges are brought against him, and eventually they let him go, um, and they don't actually find him guilty on any of these charges. We need to understand how he grew his church to the point that it is, because no lie, this guy is the richest like head of a church in the world. Right. This guy is worth $1.1 billion dollars. And his house keeps getting better. The clothes keep getting better. His his cars, all this stuff. So from from the conversation on the beach to now, and it's never explained. No, it, the, all of this happens within a matter of like ten minutes. Right. 
movie length. Yes. But yet it's never actually explained. It right. just magically happens, happens, and now he is the leader of a popular church right. that he f- started. And it's now at 1984 where he gets, this is a point I got coming up later, it says the year in the bottom corner, similar to United Passions yep. you know, this year. And it's when it starts getting attention from the wrong people, because I guess, well, first of all, the scene set up, it's darkly lit church, it's cast in shadows, it, this must be where the bad guys are hanging out. So, right. And, and who's there? It's like the senator, the the head of like the Catholic church, I yeah. guess, in Brazil. And right. The mayor? So, yeah. Something, some, it's something yeah. like that, yeah. So separa- separation of church and state my ass. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're, they're talking, they're like, what then to do about this, your dear mania? How do we deal with a math tutor king? And, and they're like, okay, well, we should just have him arrested. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you made a pun. Uh, you made your own pun. So they decided like they need to have him arrested somehow. And then we cut to 1985 because I guess they couldn't get it done in time that year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so where where his next baby is? Oh, no, sorry. Oh God, the baby scene. Zip, you want to take this one? So the, okay, yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. So we're in an even larger space now yep. where he is delivering a sermon. Yeah. Uh, and while he is delivering this sermon, we see some woman that I, I was led to believe was homeless. Yep, that's what I got. Is swaddling a baby. And then we see her bring it to the church and then walks into the church in the middle of the sermon, walks all the way down to the front and just kneels down in front of Esther and says, Hey, my husband and I decided that you need this baby. While the sermon is still going on. Yep. <laughs> and he's up there preaching she's, she's and like, watching like, this happen the I'm, whole I'm gonna time. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. But right. first of all. Right. Yeah. And Esther's like, well, uh, what do you mean? And she's like, we, uh, God, told, God us. told us that you need this baby more than us. Here you go. And she just takes the baby. They take the baby. And she's like, okay. And so finally, he stops preaching and is like, Esther, what's going on? She's like, this woman says she wants us to have her baby. So he's like, well, give me the baby. And so he grabs the baby and is like, ma'am, are are you, I I want you to say it out loud. You're giving us this baby? She's like, yes, God told me that we should give you this baby. And he's like, okay, then I'm going to call it Moses. And this is our baby now. And he belongs to the church. The end. And the whole congregation was totally fine with it. And everybody is completely fine with this. And the homeless woman who just gave away her baby is like, yay, praise God. And that's it. Yeah, and we, again, we never get to and know the kid. And we never like, mention it again. Do you even see Moses? We again? never no. see Moses uh-uh. again. We don't talk about Moses. We don't talk about <laughs> Moses. They, they put him in a basket because that's what the Bible said to do. So a woman just walks off the street, says, God told me that I should give you my baby that I just had. And they say, okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. The end. Collect all five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also made note of this scene. Like this is like the first scene where we see the actor, the uh, actor playing the adult Idir, actually aged. Like this yes. is the first time. Right. Like I mean, Esther looks the exact same throughout the fucking movie. Yep, she, uh, she does. But yeah. in this scene, like it's like he went from looking like late thirties, maybe to be mm-hmm. generous, to looking like Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean Fair. It, it's that's the kind of jump we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, and so this is this is this next scene. We get a thing at the bottom that says two years later. Which bugs the shit out of me because up because we've now, been giving right. actual dates and years this whole time, and now suddenly two years later, yeah, it's like what was this written by a math tutor or something? Right. So are we up to eighty-seven now? <laughs> yeah, and, and so our, our our antagonists they continue plotting, and we never actually get a sense again as to as to why these guys have a problem with the deer. You, right. You, you never see exorcisms again. Uh, you never see any mm. of the stuff they actually talk about that he's like quote unquote guilty of, other than the fact that he's more popular. That he's a faith healer. Yeah, that's what they are. Which trying they to pin consider it is a is a it's a scam. He's a scam artist. He's a faith healer, so he's just pretending yeah. to heal these people in the name of the God in order to get their money. But we that's never their see only it. beef against him. Right. We never. And see we it. never see anything to. We never see him at, besides the exorcism. Which, as far as I know, was private. Was was private and right. never spoken of right. in public. We never actually see him do any healing at all. Yeah, he just he talks to the sick and infirm, yeah. 
and prays with them, but we never see him like, you know, this isn't a leap of faith moment where he's (laughs) bopping people on the head and suddenly they can walk. That's not what's happening here. Nothing to actually even like hint at their suspicions. It just seems like the suspicions just kind of cropped out of nowhere because I guess, I guess. Well, it's, it's, and and it's, it's like I said before, the, the, I think the intention is that the Catholic church is the one in charge here and will be the one saving souls. Thank you very much. That's all it is. That's all. It's it's just the Catholic Church sees this guy started a brand new church and they don't like them encroaching on their territory. Yeah. The end. Because and, the Catholic Church is always bad in movies. Period. And, and I guess now they decided to make the jump because they start uh, making arrests and seizing files and they put a warrant out for Adir's arrest. And, and like, let's see, communications. They they call Adir to like pressure him to cancel rally a rally mm-hmm. that he has booked. And he's like saying mm-hmm. no, and he tries showing up anyway. But they say the appointment was canceled by someone else. It's like that kind of thing. Like you see right. the pushback, but again, no real follow up. It just happens, mm-hmm. and he just keeps persevering. Yeah, but can we can we talk about the roadblock scene? <laughs> and this is exclusively because the music. This is the most I laughed in the entire oh movie. God. Yeah, because like they, they they had said, <laughs> it yeah, they 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 say there's a warrant out for his arrest, but only if he shows up at this event that he has planned at one of the soccer stadiums. Right. Yeah, because there's more people there than like the Pope's reception. Because right. there's more, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Pope had an event at the same So time. if he shows up at this event, they will arrest him on the spot. Yeah. So he hides in his so car. He's, so they're, they're trying to get there. His friend's So he driving. has a hat and a scarf, and he's right. sitting in or <laughs> laying down, down in the, the back, back seat of his friend's car. And it's again, it's playing like music, like it's from the, like the Born Identity, like yeah. like as a, they're like going yeah. through. It's so over. And as they drive up, there is a roadblock, and it's so the music is so tense because <laughs> it's just. And I love it's one of my favorite moments because he's like, "What's happening?" And the guy driving is like, "There's a roadblock." Uh. Hide more. That's what he says. Hide more. <laughs> so he goes from the back seat to the back floor mat. Yes. And that's all he can do. That's the only way he can hide himself anymore is just to lay down in the floorboard. And yeah. that's and and, and hope through. that he doesn't get noticed. And as and he so hides more, the, the music gets like the like car, more dramatic. Yeah, so one car gets pulled over to one side, another car gets pulled over to another side. They're sweating bullets, thinking we're going to get pulled over, and then they get waved through. Yeah, and, and that's it. And uh, they all have a good laugh about it. Right, and then doesn't he preach at this event? Presumably, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so see why it. didn't they arrest him? Then? But we don't. Say, and I think what because apparently there were two different locations, and I think he went to the one they weren't expecting, and it was broadcast to the other one. Okay, so that wasn't clear. So yeah, I, wasn't, I, 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 and like I said, yeah. I may be wrong. The parts but we need to see for the That's story all I could out. pull from the the following okay. dialogue. Yeah. yeah. All right. The, the, the necessary because then it cuts back to the senator and the Catholic and priest like, uh, being like, "Oh, he didn't go to that location. Yeah. Damn Dang it. it! Yeah, yes, diddled again." Yeah. Uh, Adir then is, I guess, planned to buy a network because he hears that like uh, record is being sold. Yeah, and, and yeah. so he, he sneaks into this meeting like dressed as a cop, which was hilarious. Mm. No, he was dressed as the chauffeur. Excuse chauffeur. me. Yes, the chauffeur. Yes. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Because they they're making a deal with his representative, and then he's like, "Wait, no, that's bullshit." Well, it's a curse, but <laughs> right. He's like, "That's baloney," and and like and he takes, pull, off, yeah, it takes off the chauffeur hat, hat and yeah. it's like, "It's me," and they're like, "How did you fool us?" <laughs> Old man like, Jenkins. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a Scooby Doo moment. It, is. it really is. But he wants to buy this record, this um, studio. It's a TV. St- it's a TV yes. network. Network yeah. called Record. Yeah. So he can broadcast. Basically, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, and and they they agreed to it under the condition that you know, all of his payments increments are are non refundable, basically. Right. So if he misses a payment, like his investment is lost, he right. doesn't get it back. Uh, and we get this month again, another text saying months later, and he's short on payments, so he's struggling with that. He's trying to meet with them and just like, hey guys, give me a break. And I guess they just let him. They never. Explicitly stated, they never actually they really stated whether they're going to the assumption help him or not. Yeah. So we cut to, again back to 1991. Text, thank you. Because um, this is the daughter. His daughter is now getting married, um, and we're getting protests at at her wedding. So that's kind of showing like the backlash from people again. Just 
not really following we up on it. We don't know why yeah. that yeah. he's, you know, he's being portrayed. People are. We just, we just know that our antagonists have convinced the the media that he is a, he bad, is a bad guy, guy. and so now the, they're using the media to attack him Correct. and his family. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is the older daughter, by the way. Purportedly. Because yes. like right. the, the daughter with the cleft lip and this and Moses. Moses, we never see. They're, they're being single and sad. <laughs> so, yeah, we have this paying off the network montage, and we never understand how. Because, again, like he just says, I'm going to get this money, and then it just... Well, he profits off a recession. Yeah, that's what... And this is the scene that disturbed me most, because I don't think... Uh, obviously, uh, the intention was not to make it sound like I'm about to get rich off of people losing their pensions, but that's exactly that's how exactly it came how across. It came across. Because the the yeah, so he's uh, while he's in his office trying to figure everything out. There's the news report on the TV where the the new president of the country or whatever is passing all of these sweeping economic changes. And it and Brazil he can see it into it, financial chaos. Yes, it it puts them into they um, like an impeachment too, a right? severe right. recession, yeah. and, and so it gets so able, bad that they eventually impeach the president. Right. Yes, and he's That's able how to bad buy it is. record because of the losses, and so he profits right. off. This yeah, recession. because because of the recession, the record is unable to pay their electric bill. And so they finally have to unload it for cheap, cheap, and, he and he's able to to grab it and pay it off in like seven months. Yes. So God ruined people's lives so that he could have his. But the way the scene plays out is, he's watching this and they're talking about all of the financial changes, and he yells for his wife Esther to to come up there, and she comes up. She's like, "What?" And he's like, "This is all these people are uh, you know are about to lose money." And she's like, oh, well, this is horrible. He's like, no, no, it's a miracle. And and the first headline you see after that is how like hundreds of thousands of people have lost their pensions and their retirement funds. They've lost everything. And then the next headline is you find out about the effects of record yep. and what's happened there and how now he's able to buy it and pay it off without you know any problems that's what the miracle was referring to but what it's in by doing it the way that they did it it sounds like it's a miracle i am about to profit off of everyone's financial ruin yep that's what it sounds like and like i said that may not be the intention i'm sure it wasn't but that's exactly what it sounds like and i'm like if that's the case no wonder you were thrown in jail. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess yeah. apt timing because then we get the arrest scene. Right. Which that's right. where like that's where like the conductor like probably like pulled a muscle like conducting this like this this orchestra to play this like this like this chasing. <laughs> right. Like he gets nabbed. It's it's, it's the scene we saw from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's with his wife. His daughter's in the back seat. The one with the cleft. And um, but you can't really see it. You no, you can't. No, they you kind of see it a couple times, but you like don't. again, they don't want to draw attention. Like no. it's whatever, because it's not important to them in the story anymore. Right. So yeah, you have like six police cars, like you know, surround them from all sides, like guns drawn, like it's super tense by the music standards. I mean, like right. it's right. crazy, like high end, like act, like it's almost like he's smuggling like a WMD. But no, it's just it's just a guy that they don't like running a church, so they pull him out of the car. And they haul his ass off to jail, like again, like we see in the opening of the film. He's being moved past the prisoners in the jail cell. They're looking on, saying, I wrote these down. They're saying things like, it's the bishop. And they're like, fresh fish. And they say, I could smell your cunt. No, these, they no, don't. No, they do not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They like him. <laughs> no, they like him. They they're, like, him. they're like, thank you, dude. Like, you're the best. Yeah, but, hey, you're the bishop, aren't you? Yeah. Here, have my seat on the floor. Yep. Yeah. They all are in, uh, admire him greatly. He has that scene where he's he gets a visitor and it's his mother. To me, this is the best moment in the whole movie. Agreed. Like this is a this is a very beautifully written, beautifully acted, mm-hmm. tender moment between a, a mother and her son. Yes, she has always believed in him from the start. She still believes in him, and we get a flashback during this scene too, and it is just gorgeous. And then next scene, uh, we see a deer being called from a cell to see his. Uh, so he's brought by, I guess, a guard to the front of the of the jail where uh, there's a his flock is outside and they're all singing. Yeah, singing. They've all congregated in front of the police station singing. And, and, and him. 
it's supposed to be like this big powerful moving moment but it didn't it didn't work for me mm-hmm. and i think the biggest reason was because we never actually see a whole lot of him like one-on-one with these people right. we we just see him as like a figure who's like kind of lost in his own crowd more or less right if we saw a lot more of like the personal relationships with these people then i think it would have had a stronger impact exactly yes. and that like that's my overall issue with the movie mm-hmm. and, and he broadcasts the speech out to them and and then i guess he has a meeting with this judge to talk about like you know hey how much longer do i have to be in here and the judge says well it basically just goes nowhere the judge has his own agenda too and so he sentences him to be held in custody for an indefinite period of time yeah there's even a knowing glance between him and the the Senator, catholic priest yeah, that's right the yeah. catholic. who's standing over in the corner almost for nodding. no apparent re- there is no reason why this priest should be in the room nope. for this particular uh moment but Except for the fact that he can be there to look at the judge and go, evil, him in jail. evil conspiratorial glance. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then cut to, so 11 days later, again, 11 days later, he's released. And he hands Bibles to all the prisoners, the guards. And then we get like a big speech as he enters the church again. He prays. You know, the, all, of his, all of his congregation is there. And then it just fades out. Right. And, and then, then 28 days later, he fights zombies. <laughs> oh, my God. That would no, be amazing. That would be so dope. <laughs> Uh, well, well, he kind of does. The, the music makes you wonder. Yeah, because we get our epilogue. Then we get to New York. Which, how do we get to New York? I don't three, know. Three well, I later. don't know. We've just jumped to New York. We jumped to New York. Yeah, huh? <laughs> um, and he gets like a phone call in the middle of the night. This is like out of a different movie. This is yeah. insane. Because he gets a call and it's like, dear. It's me. We're, we're assembling a special team. Yes, yeah, something's... They're, the they're riding in the streets. Apart. There's chaos. Yes. And, and like, only I'll you can right fix there. it. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah, and it, it's playing this like super, again, dramatic... Super music. heroic music. This yeah. music, I, I couldn't get over it. And that's it and for that's the movie. It. That's the it's, it's just continued in part two, which we don't have to watch, hopefully, for a while. And let's go ahead and take a break and go to some trivia. Okay, we're back. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't dig up much in the skies. I, I, I got the budget was three point eight million U.S. dollars, and the gross worldwide was thirty six million. Hmm. Well, and most of the tickets that were sold were uh, from church showings. Yeah, true. Yeah, so. of course they were. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah. This was on Netflix too for a lot of people, so that that's uh, and because it grossed like a thousand dollars in the U.S. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was like a thousand, four digits. Well, because uh, we've never heard of him. Exactly. Right. We don't yeah, know who no, the hell this guy is. is. Exactly. So that's all I had. Did you guys do anything else up? No, just that. I mean, that he is the the richest head of a church in the world. Like I said, 1.1 billion dollars. The man is worth. Um, but that that's that, that's the irony of the whole thing is that they made such a point for him to constantly be like no i'm a i am a man of god and i live just by you know what god provides me and and i don't take you can go through all of our financial records you will find no irregularities i don't live in giant mansions and have tons of cars and yet everything they're showing us is exactly that. that i have an answer for that um we live in that time in that cynical time where how the fuck can a man worth 1.1 billion dollars not have all of these things when it's the church is supposed to have all of the money. So, you know, it's one, it's, it's like, I I don't know that I just have a problem with that. There's a quote. If I preach prosperity and my clothes are ragged, who will follow me? That's his underlying philosophy. The people who he's supposed to be helping that he, if he constantly says that he is there to help are the people with ragged clothes and who have nothing and the sick and infirm. But that's his philosophy. In the ways of of Jesus, that Jesus did. But that is not, he doesn't practice what he preaches, not even in this film. He says it, but we never see it. Mm. I mean, this might sound like a little bit weird, but if some of the bullshit was just cut out and just replaced with like a 10-minute sermon, like it would have been like a little bit weird. But like if it was like a 10-minute take of like one of his scripted sermons, like verbatim told, Right. We can get an idea because you're still pushing the agenda. You're still getting that out there. But. Right. Aqui faz quase uma hora, Let's go ahead and go to best line, worst line. I had a few good lines, but I think my favorite is when I think it's when the mayor and the senator and the Catholic priest mm-hmm. are together, uh, and they say legality is relative when it comes to religion. Religion, yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's true. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my best line, it's right after their first, I guess, fight when he's being a dick towards Esther in front of that building and, like, you know, all that shit. And she says to him, we're moving too fast. Which I wrote down as my best line because it's probably the most meta line up until that point in the movie because we'd had so much like shit oh, and sequences right. yeah. that were unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So that's why I like that line. Good. Yeah. For me, it was um, the scene where he is in jail and he's visited by his mother. Uh, and then we have the, the, the flashback to that moment after he fell out of the tree mm-hmm. that the kids were taunting him and, and she told him, you're going to do much more than just climb trees. You're going to climb mountains. We have that flashback, and then it cuts back to her saying, remember that day mm-hmm. when I told you you were going to climb mountains? You are climbing mountains. Keep on climbing. Yeah. And that was, it looked like that was the perfect button yeah. for Absolutely. that scene. Yeah, it was beautiful. It yeah. was. On that note, worst line? Um, this is the same. It, so this is after the recession that he benefited from. And we got the same antagonist. <laughs> One of them says, we have to admit he has a strong spirit guide. Wow. Really? You think? Yeah. Okay. My worst line was when they're talking about you know getting the money together for record and they're struggling with it. And Adir says, the only way we'll lose record is if they walk over Jesus' dead body. And I'm like, that seems pretty heavy for like a guy of faith to be saying. <laughs> but <laughs> Jesus is dead. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it just—it right. just, it's it, stupid. It, seemed, it is one of the stupidest lines. Seems stupid. Day. It was stupid. It seemed tasteless for again. Like it just yeah. seems right. kind of like sacrilegious. My worst line. I, I chose this particular one because it's the one I had the biggest issue with in regards to how he treats his wife throughout the movie. Like we discussed before, I don't think it was their intention to make him look like a dick to her all of the time. But most of the time when he talks to her, he is condescending as fuck. Yep. And I really had an issue with it because she was such a great character. Oh, and she was played so by a great actress. She's beautiful. I really enjoyed her performance. But he is just constantly talking down to her. And she is a very intelligent woman who is allowed to have a mind of her own. But that's not the way it came across in this movie. But... The worst moment, the one that just really pissed me off the most, was when he finally convinced the doctors to show her their baby with the cleft palate. And the doctor has prepared you know, him like it's this huge monumental thing that they're never going to recover from. He takes it like it's this huge monumental thing that they're never going to recover from. And she's been sitting in this hospital bed the entire time going, why won't they show me my baby? Show me my baby. I want to see my baby. So when he fi- they finally do bring the baby to her, he looks at her. Before they bring the baby over to the bed, he tells her, be calm. You'll have to be strong. In a way that means you are about to see the most hideous right. thing you have ever seen in your life. And for two people who are supposed to be following in the footsteps of God, that is the most un <laughs> I almost said goddamn Christian like thing I've ever heard in my life. Yep. Yep. This is your child, child, and you are going to love it no matter what. She has already illustrated that, that she loves her family above everything else, and now you're going to act like your baby is hideous and you're yep. going to freak out when you see it. Yep. No, she is going to look at that baby and she is going to love it no matter what. I know people who were born with cleft palates. Some of them had to have extensive surgeries to fix them. Some uh, didn't have to have extensive surgery. It wasn't that bad. They are not horrible people. They are not monsters. They are people just like you and me and some of the nicest people I have ever met. And it just, it makes it feel like the whole thing. I'm like, it's a cleft palate, people. The life isn't ruined. It's a cleft palate. And it's also the 80s. Get over it. And she does immediately. It isn't like 1950s where the doctor is smoking a cigarette going, there's nothing we can fucking do about it. You know, we know things at this point in our human history. It's going to be okay. And she loves the baby immediately. Exactly. Exactly. 
and so much that we never see it again. Right. <laughs> and it's just, and he tells her to be calm or calm down at least eight more times throughout the rest of the movie, and I just wanted to punch him in the fucking face. Yeah, well, that wasn't the first time for me. <sighs> no, well, no, it wasn't or the last. first time, but it definitely wasn't the last. <laughs> Moving on to Would You Rather. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I, I'd rather climb up a tree with mittens on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got normal hands, so I'm good. Hey, there you, know. yeah. there you go. I, I think I'd watch Epic Movie again. <laughs> <laughs> um. I didn't uh, hate this movie though. I did. No, I've, I will. So. I will. I will go on more about this in just a minute. <laughs> uh, hopefully, not too much. But I, I have a just. It's this is my personal thing, and I'm not going to try to make it an issue. I have a real problem with organized, and I am air quoting so hard, religion. And uh, honestly, I would rather sit through High Holy Mass <gasps> than to watch this movie again. Because at least then I might actually feel the spirit of God. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Okay. <laughs> I like it. So what did they do right in this movie? Well, I think we've all we've agreed that Esther is pretty damn great. Yes. I think the yes. mom was The mom was fantastic. Oh, my God. I the women her. in this. I think uh, almost everybody but the guy playing Adir was good. Yeah. Uh, and I thought there were some really lovely cinematography. Yeah. There really was. I, I, I have to say, I, I mean... That it was, you said it was a th in American dollars, three point two million budget. Yeah, I mean this. It is beautiful. It it is a it is a gorgeously shot movie. I mean, it's very a lot of the shots are very static, right. but it still it looks good. The editing was fine. Uh, I mean, the continuity was not great. Right. But uh, it, it is a good-looking film, and I think had the subject matter been dealt with in a completely different way that would have been more interesting, then I wouldn't have had as big a problem with it. It was also the best Bond movie score I've never heard. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Uh, the, the music was great, even though completely out of place. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with that being the case, Zip, let's go ahead and give this one a rating. On the flaming cinematic turd meter... That's a sustained one. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, as I said before, this this was my quandary with this film. Is is this film sort of illustrates why I hate organized religion? Uh, is is ego? Don't, yeah, yeah. It, it's don't give me a movie that tries to show you to be the holier than thou man you claim to be. And just skirt past all the other stuff that you're trying to avoid that would actually vindicate you from the charges that they keep trying to bring against you. You know, I mean, we know that this guy financed the movie about himself, so he's trying to whitewash his own history. I mean, basically, that's one, which is why I equate this with United Passions, because it's the same thing FIFA did with that movie. There are no scenes whatsoever of him actually connecting with his congregation, with any individual member of his congregation. Nothing that shows us why all these people decided to follow him and his words. I mean, nothing at all. Is it because he's just a very, he's very charismatic and very personable? We don't know. They never showed that in the movie at all. He's a shitty singer. Yeah. <laughs> the only time they showed anything like that was the scene where he said, hey guys, come on down here to the front. And they all just got up and came down there to the front. Now we didn't see what happened after that. Maybe he did give a good sermon. Uh, maybe he did give know. a bad sermon. We don't know. The only time that we actually see him in the service of his church, he's standing at the altar, which is at least 30 feet away from the congregation. So he puts on the airs of, I'm a man of God, but we never actually see why his church became as big as it did. And that's the movie I need to see. That's the movie that I need to understand why it's important we know what we know about this man. That's not the movie we got. 
what we got is, hey, here's my life story, and here's all the good parts, and it, it's not even that. It's unintentionally bad parts as well. The condescension towards women, the, you know, I understand this driving. is a different country. It's a completely different culture. I understand this movie probably meant a lot to people from that country. But <laughs> as someone not from that country and from that time period where the man says and you follow that kind of family structure, fuck it. I don't give a shit. You need to be a better person, and this movie did not show me that. But like, like I said, at the same time, it, I'm sure this movie meant a lot to his followers and people who follow his church in whatever countries, even though I'd never heard of him before. I'm just going to give it a three. Yeah, all I'm just going to say for my closing shot thought is I hated this movie. I, I I can't call, I can't call it a bad movie, but I refuse to call it a good one or even an okay one. I agree. And that's it for this episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I'm Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Athena. Next time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Leonard Part 6. Oh, with the thing and the stuff. I want you to tell me and Zip what you did for breakfast this morning. Uh, well, this morning I uh, took some instant oatmeal. I boiled my water and I put a dab of butter in it because my friend Keith puts butter in his oatmeal and it's delicious. And then I put some cinnamon and flaxseed. Oh, and I have this matcha powder. So I put that together and I made my iced coffee with my almond milk and creamer and... Uh, yeah. Oh, and it's iced. That's what I had for breakfast. <laughs>